Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. With stores loaded with candy, fake cobwebs, and Christmas decorations, the Halloween spirit is in full swing, so we thought we'd join in by watching a horror classic that neither Ryan nor I had ever seen. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Toby Hooper and released 40 years ago in 1974. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a massively famous movie. It was voted as the third best horror movie on Time Out London's list of the best horror movies, just after The Shining at number two and The Exorcist at number one, both of which are two of our favorite horror films. And just recently it came in at number five in a Rolling Stone reader's poll. It's also massively infamous as one of the scariest, most shocking, and most scarring horror films. The movie was made for a meager $300,000, but it's grossed over $30 million in its lifetime. So Ryan and I mustered up the courage to watch this movie. But what did we think? Does it deserve its place up near the top of almost every best horror film list? Or is it no good like that air gun thing they used to kill cattle? Effective, but not as good as a sledge. Grab your comfort blanket and listen to this one through your fingers if you have to. How did you get stuck way out here? I, I was at the slaughterhouse. I got an uncle that works at the slaughterhouse. Hey, my, my brother worked there. My, my grandfather, too. <laughs> my family's always been in me. Old family attractions. So that was a clip, obviously, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, like we said in the intro, neither of us had seen this movie. Um, we both watch horror movies. Yeah. Uh, so, Nate, what was it about this one that kept you from seeing it was it intentional why hadn't you seen this one uh you know what i think to be honest i i didn't really know until recently that it was held in such high regard i, I don't know about mm. you i don't i i feel yeah, like i don't know i feel like there's the ones that i saw years ago and i and i knew that they were important mm-hmm. to the genre mm-hmm. you know even something like say frankenstein or yeah or, right or dracula or even and then the later stuff i mean later comparatively like shining and exorcist and things yeah. like that um, and I know they had done a lot of remakes of Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. A lot but of sequels and yeah, remakes. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't really know. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. so obviously I knew the film existed, but I guess I to never start. really, I couldn't really explain why I didn't see it other than I just really didn't, I never mm-hmm. really felt like it was a movie that uh, I, I had to see. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I feel like for a long time, the people who talked about it were like the horror movie buffs. And you right. would see like, you know those movies that that people make like those super detailed toys of those super detailed like action figure things like Texas oh, Ch- yeah you know I that don't people know. collect and yeah, yeah like yeah. they don't really play with them no, they no, just no, kind no. of sit on a shelf yeah like I your, feel uh, like Texas Chainsaw was in there with like the crow and I was like okay so it's like a cult movie sure that was one of those more like dare yourself to see it ones right you know and I just didn't think anything of that I didn't really feel like seeing that. Um, but then I, I don't know when it happened that it started getting the the acclaim of being such a seminal horror film and something that really um, was influential, which, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but uh, after seeing it, I can see why it was. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like it, kind of like what you were saying, I feel like it was always, to me, a horror movie for 
people who horror, fans, who, yeah. horror fanatics. And mm-hmm. I would call myself at best kind of a casual horror yes. fan. I like the genre. Mm-hmm. I really only like watching it around this time of year. But I won't like, watch it unless I hear things. Like there is nothing about just the idea of a horror movie that makes me want to go see sure. it. Like it has to be whoever I trust. So like if I hear something it has to be a bit it. of an exceptional horror yeah. movie for you to even consider going to see it or, yeah, or to yeah. watch it at home. And I don't even think I've been to see a horror movie in the theater. You know, I, I saw a yeah, lot. I, I saw. I snuck either. in a lot at high school, and I saw a lot through college. But yeah. it's really been a long time since I really even considered oh, myself it. someone <laughs> following horror. I s- you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, I saw The Descent in theaters, which was. Not, I didn't, didn't like see it as much one. as everybody. Like, it's one of those ones that'll make the list too. Yeah, you know. But I didn't, I didn't enjoy that one very, very much. But there's another thing about Texas Chainsaw that I always had, like, as from from childhood, had like this aversion to the slasher films. Mm. That, um, and really, the only ones that I was aware of, and the ones that got a lot of um, popularity, were were um, Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And as a kid, like. I was just really scared of horror movies. Like whenever I was in the video rental place and the horror, I would see like a horror movie in the new releases. I like felt like, like (laughs) trapped. Like I was like, I don't go in the horror section for a reason. Why is that there? Oh, those boxes were terrifying. The boxes, but there was also my video store. um, Well, one of the ones that was like locally owned, it wasn't a blockbuster or anything. They always had like the big cardboard. I remember Candyman was yeah. one that had like a mirror on it. And I had no idea what the mirror was or anything, but right. it scared me to death. And they even had like this big, like, I think it was for Bram Stoker's Dracula, the um, like a arch, like a gated arch that was like super scary yeah. to me too. It seemed like the horror, horror movies, department. they put so much into the mm-hmm. video store to mm-hmm. really get you to, to notice them and to see them. And I remember I, I didn't know anything about Friday the 13th, like the hockey mask thing. I did not, I was not aware that that was from that movie one time. And so we were in the grocery store and like the uh, um, Halloween costumes were out. And I saw one of the masks and I was like, cool, a hockey goalie. And I like put it on and like stood like I thought a hockey goalie would stand. But I, and I was like, mom. And she like thought I was standing threateningly, like dressed. And it, it like scarred me to th- like, no, I didn't think, I don't like those <laughs> I movies. I just like hockey. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I think ever since then, I've had a natural aversion to the slasher genre. Yeah. Um, so. Then, on top of the fact of what we were saying about Texas Chainsaw, that like, you know, it seemed like a horror movie for horror fans, of which a caliber I'm not. Sure. Um, on top of being a slasher film with all this childhood baggage I associate with it, it wasn't going to be at the top of my list. To yeah. See. And I would actually, I think I kind of agree with you where the slasher genre was never one that was one that I sought out with horror. It, you know, I've seen Friday the 13th, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and Scream and those mm-hmm. as well. And for whatever reason, those actually, it might be a totally different reason that I didn't like them. They never actually did it for me. Like mm-hmm. I never was really all that scared of them. Uh, it was the paranormal stuff that freaked me oh, out, yeah. the, or, or the stuff that was more psychological horror, yeah. like The Shining and mm-hmm. and and like uh, and and like Exorcist, the two that we've already mentioned, um, yeah. that really actually got to me. And then there was the really sort of hyper slasher stuff that came out later, and it just had no appeal oh, to yeah. me, like Saw and Hostel. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I think I saw bits of Saw, but it just never it. it 
it never scared me to begin with. And then the, the idea of just watching tons and tons of mutilation and gore yeah. and not even getting that horror effect was kind of like, it's not, yeah. not for me, you know? Yeah. I don't know how much of it was his childhood trauma, but I wasn't really looking forward to seeing this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was looking forward to seeing it to fill in that gap, I guess, of seeing it on these lists and yeah. being like, I can check this one off the list. That's, and, ex- that's the only reason right. I, I wanted to watch it. Like, yeah. And it was it was a pretty pretty fifty fifty childhood trauma versus uh, film knowledge. Sure, but that being said, I mean I do I, I do love watching horror movies this yeah, yeah, time yeah. of year, and so oh, I agree to get to just give it a chance. It was a perfect time, and and I was definitely before I watched it, I was in the mood. Like I ramped yeah. myself up for it. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, all right, it's gonna be Friday <laughs> night. I planned it out. I was like, it's Did gonna you? be Friday night. I think you know. Um, my wife was going out with a friend that night. So I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be by myself. Let's do this. Let's actually get scared. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and That's so I kind of psyched myself up for it and I was ready. Do. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's talk about that Friday night, that fateful that Friday fateful night, fr- <laughs> where, that lonely Friday night. How did it go? Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to I'm curious to say how I felt without knowing how you felt about it. But oh. uh but but well, one I, of us has to go first. That's true, I'll go first. Um <laughs> I uh I gotta say, um I I, th- I think this is a great horror movie, personally. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that the slasher movie really got to me. And I think and we should get into got this to a lot. You, more. Like it scared you? Yeah. See to me with a horror movie especially one that's definitely like of its genre, not really trying to break out into, yeah. you know, it, it's challenging the genre in its own it's terms, pushing but it, it's but pushing it's not it. challenging it. I right. don't think. And so if anything, um, it's just challenging the boundaries of what's been shown. Before, exactly. It's challenging the boundaries within that genre, not trying to stretch the genre necessarily, yeah. if that makes sense. I don't oh, yeah. know if it does or not. It does. Um, to me. So I feel like if it's really sticking to the genre in a way, you don't really ask the question, did you like it or didn't you? Or was it a good movie or was it a bad movie? You ask if it's effective. Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was totally effective. Yeah. I felt like even from the first shot, that even the credits and, and the oh, sounds, absolutely. I was like, oh man, I am in for something different here. Yeah. And I was glued the whole time. And there were moments where I was genuinely kind of just uh-huh. not only creeped out, but mm-hmm. also there was the suspense element too. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie had a really good uh, sense of tension and release and just knowing how to build up that tension and not much release once it gets started true that's true um it's pretty it's pretty relentless that's definitely a good word for it yeah yeah um so that was my feelings i i don't yeah. know how about you you're right um the question is was it effective it absolutely was effective um would i watch it again i would not no I, it was it was too much for me in a way that wasn't fun like and we can talk more about this later, but so just generally right now, um, it is 100% effective and it's one of the most masterfully made horror movies to the, like, it's not one of those things that you're like, oh, you can see how it was an influence. It's still, and it's, it, it's it, like yeah. faded. It, it still is there. Everything Toby Hooper did was unbelievable. And you're right from the first, the opening dial, the opening, um, not credits, but like the setup thing where he talks about it being a true story, yeah. which is not true at John all. Lariquette, John Larroquette, for yeah, <laughs> and he said he got paid one joint. Oh, to, really? To read it? Good for him. Um, <laughs> Film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother Franklin. 
it is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But yeah, even but like that as too. Soon just as that started, yeah. here's the thing: my my wife was like amped to watch it. She gets excited for horror movies around Halloween too, just like that. Did she watch it just with like you? you? She sat down to watch it. Pretty much after the opening credits, she was like, "I can't watch this because she the, knew it's so yeah, it's so creepy. It sets that mood unbelievably well." So for me, I, it, I'm with you. It worked, and it it scared me. Um, as much as I can get scared by a movie for the most part. Sure, yeah. Um, I would still say, this is neither here nor there, but that The Conjuring still scared me more. Really? Than this movie. And I haven't seen it yet. It's one of my, one of my, uh, yeah. But it's spots, another one but... that doesn't push the genre, but is just completely effective within the, the tropes. But for me, just the, the type of violence wasn't something that I can hang with for too long. Right. Which it doesn't ask you to. I mean, it's a pretty short movie. Like an hour and 23 minutes. I that's, think, but. that's what really took me back by it was the tightness of the film mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, no, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, what, 84 minutes you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 84 minutes. So it's not even an hour and a half. Mm. Um, so that was, I mean, yeah, I think we both, you may have enjoyed the experience more than I did, but I think we're both at the same level of appreciation for what the film was doing. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy myself. See, I feel After like while. as far as slasher movies go, I feel like it took me right to the edge of what I can tolerate in that. And I was waiting for it to just go to the point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of checked out. I can't take this or I don't mm-hmm. ever want to see this again or I shouldn't have to be exposing myself to this kind of thing. Yeah. And it really does. I thought it's interesting. It just it kind of cuts at just the right time. Not so much in the tension, mm-hmm. but just in what, what, it's, you're what you're seeing, which I was kind of taken aback by what you actually how much you actually don't see in the movie for how much everyone talked about yeah uh how gory it was and how yeah yeah, yeah. Ma- how just uh absolutely uh, macabre and brutal yeah, it yeah, was yeah. It, it actually if i had to boil it down to what i think is most brilliant about it is that it doesn't need to do that right it is just as effective if not more than any of those saw movies you know uh-huh. or any of those other s- sort of hyper slasher mm-hmm. movies and you don't see, you know, the and, amount of blood you see is very minimal. Yeah. But at the same time, so for the violent acts, what you acts, what you are seeing is minimal compared to what we've seen, you know, in the last 15 years. But then there's also a part of it that is amazing at how much you do see, how much of it is in daylight or how much of it True. is well lit. Yeah. And it's so good with its costumes with its set design that this thing in full daylight the Mm -hmm. more you look at it the scarier it is whereas with a movie like jeepers creepers or whatever like as soon as you see the monster you're like okay 
But like this movie, the more you see Leatherface, yeah. the more you see in that room with all the animal skeletons, the more you see of the dinner, the yeah. more you look at it, yes. the scarier it Absolutely. gets. Absolutely. I think full credit for that not only has to go to Toby Hooper, but to the, the art yeah, director, the Rob, Robert Burns, mm-hmm. did all the art direction for that film. He's gone on. This was kind of like one of his, uh, he wasn't really well known when he did this movie, yeah. but he's gone on to do a lot of other famous horror movies. And, has he? Um, but you know, and to think of the budget they had right. and so much of what you're terrified by exactly is, is how it reveals to you, not necessarily the killing, which is, it's also scary. There's, but yeah. it's, it's, it's the entire setting, the entire yep. environment, the entire atmosphere of this movie is mm-hmm. just creepy. Uh, or it's, it's just deeply unsettling. Yes. And unsettling like, is the way to put it. And I've seen the the what I think is uh, kind of interesting is that where I've seen the fingerprints of that in later things mm-hmm. is not so much the horror genre. I'm sure it's there, but I've seen the effects of this movie so much in a lot of the um, more detective mystery stuff mm-hmm. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think this is all over like seven. Mm-hmm. If you've seen True, True Detective, Detective, oh, man, it's this is so much. Yeah. Very influencing much, true detective much. um and so much of those where you need that sort of extra elevated um atmosphere. scariness and atmosphere mm-hmm. to to bring up the um i guess the the stakes yeah for the detectives and yeah. that and that's not even in this movie right there is no mystery really or yeah people seeking out anything like that it's just straightforward but it's that creepiness in the actual design of the yeah. movie that and gets you. You know what else I noticed? Um, Ridley Scott said it directly that um, the in, one of the influences for Alien were like uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, he named some other things, but then um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really, and the way that Toby Hooper handled the horror. And I watched Alien on Friday. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre today, and I can totally see it because unlike a lot of horror movies of the 70s, well. A, you know any horror movie but especially 80s and back um and this is something that my friend jason brought up when we were talking this week um that the older horror movies maybe when they came out the music added to it but for audiences today the music telegraphs hmm. and the music would start creepy you know minutes before anything actually scary was happening and so the music was this just oh is this overt clue to you guys can relax there's no scary music sure. you're fine. Scary music is starting. All right, you guys might want to start curling up, you know, maybe cover your face a little bit. Uh-huh. There is none of that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The whole hitchhiker scene is radio music. Right. The whole gas station scene walking up to the house going into the house there isn't any music and then the music comes in it, it punctuates a scene yeah where she falls and there's there's music but there's no proceeding there's no build-up right the sound is just terrifying it is it's it's you say music it's music loosely it's brilliant mm-hmm. but it's more like just just clanging yep. like well and it, what i heard is just, that that's that's the recording of slaughterhouse equipment heard from like another room Really? Yeah. So it's basically the the idea was that the the sound would be what animals were hearing on their way while they're waiting to be slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy stuff, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but no. So I'm saying I I see that in Alien, which does silence and long shots so much, Mm -hmm. where you're just it was Texas Chainsaw wasn't as silent and as still as Alien, 
but where you're just like scaring yourself mm -hmm. because nothing is happening, but you know, something's going to happen. And then I also thought of um, Michael Hanukkah with movies like Cachet um, or The White Ribbon, which isn't so horrifying, but any, almost any Michael Hanukkah movie where he, he holds on a scene that you are just looking at it for so long that you start looking in every corner mm -hmm. of the frame and every inch to think like, what is he trying to show me? Sure. What is he trying to show me? Even if there's nothing, you start scaring yourself because you're like, something's got to be here. Yeah. And they do that a few times in Texas Chainsaw. And one of the... <laughs> oh, it's, it's creeping me out just thinking about it. One of those times is the first time we see Leatherface. And it's when Kurt, I think his name is, the first guy, the bearded guy. Uh, I think you're probably right. He, uh, whatever his name is, he walks into the house and the camera is pretty low from the doorway. There's a lot of low mm -hmm. shots. I don't know what the meaning of that well, really is or if it's just Toby Hooper. There were a know. few times that the low shots were this girl's wearing short shorts. <laughs> There's that, yeah. But um, this one, it was kind of low in the doorway that he had just entered from. And he was kind of looking around and there's a doorway directly front of the camera sure. yeah and you don't know what's going on and then all of a sudden just in a flash leatherface shows up and hits him with a hand and yeah. it's just terrifying and there's not a lot of cutting that's uh -uh. what's interesting about it is like it's not like you would see today where it's no. like close-ups close -up, yeah nope. and then it's just like boom boom just boom boom watch boom. it happen and the music flows up it's just like no you're just watching it this is yeah you're yeah. a bystander it's it's remarkable it's it, it really is groundbreaking and there were a few, uh, a, a couple other places where it's almost a misdirect, and I'm thinking of when Franklin is in, he's, everybody's already inside the, yeah. the house they went to, that they like their grandpa's house, not the creepy house, right? And Franklin, nobody can hear him, and he's just kind of wheels into this like porch area, and he's frustrated, and he's kind of looking around. And it just holds on him and mm -hmm. it holds on him and it holds on him. And you're like looking around like, yeah. what's going to happen? And he keeps when is like going to happen? Sticking his tongue out and spitting for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah but. Well, and then that made me think, because that's what the hitchhiker did when they left him. Sure. Yeah. And I so guess, I was yeah. like, is there something with the hitchhiker's blood that was on the knife? Did like, he yeah. somehow ingest that? And now the knife's missing. Like, what is this? Is there some like spirit element now that he's sort of, he's going to be... And then it never happens. Yeah. It never pans out that way, but it still adds to this just oh, tight, absolutely tightening grip. Actually, that's a question viewer. I was going to have for you: is how much did you even know about the as much as you can say the plot, the plot, the way the movie unfolds before you watched it? I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything either, and I think that that's the that's for the better. But honestly, like to me, I didn't know that most of the horror didn't even happen. None of the horror happens in that house, mm -mm. that grandpa's house, that first house, yeah. But when you are watching it for the first time, you're just as scared about them. Yeah. And that's not even that, what you see later is, that's very tame. Yeah. <laughs> that great, oh, extremely. That, it's just an empty, dilapidated yeah. house, you know. But for all I knew, that's where all the horror happens. Whatever this Texas Chainsaw Massacre turns out to be, you know, we're there. We're there now. Yeah, yeah. And you're not but there you're at not. all. No, you're not. <laughs> it didn't create a lot of tension around the gas station. True. Which is ironic. Because... At the gas station, you know, the guy's like, oh, you don't want to go around people's... Like, it sounds like a fairly sincere warning. Yeah. Um, and then they go to the grandpa's house, and you're like, shoo, this is where it's going to happen. But then I say ironic because she gets to the gas station, and you're like, oh, thank God. Oh, and yeah. Then, <laughs> like, <laughs> nope. 
that's that's, <laughs> that's where it's worse. relentless. Is once the terror happens, yes. it's 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 just constantly there, yep. and you think you're gonna get a little bit of a relief. There's none. There's, none, there's once, no relief once it starts, which is like I don't know what, like the half hour mark, forty five minute mark, and then there's the rest of it. Yeah. You're just it but, doesn't but let what's, up. What's crazy is that you're still creeped out even before that happens. I mean, yeah. you're creeped out by the hitchhiker yep. in the van. Um, you're creeped out by the people at the cemetery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it really I, is I just, something. I just, again, I, I think it's a great horror film. I, I think it does. No, it is. I think it does belong in those lists I agree. that you see. I, I don't have any reservations about saying that. I'm kind of with you. Like, is this one I'm going to want to pop in like every year like I usually do for, I say, couldn't. The Shining or The Exorcist? Because I, I, I love rewatching those yes. movies. Maybe once in a while, I wouldn't. Maybe. I wouldn't mind watching it again sometime. But maybe um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't show somebody for the first time. If somebody, I w- <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't yeah. want that on my conscience. Um, <laughs> but also, another thing that makes it belong on that list is that the scariest movie mask of all time. Yes, absolutely. Like with I, I again, it goes back to Robert Burns. He designed that mask, and you know what I thought was really interesting as I watched uh, one of the making of documentaries of that. Um, it's it was on the DVD I had mm-hmm. when he talks about the later Texas Chainsaw, and even like the very latest one. He was talking about the one that had Jessica Biel in it, the Michael Bay one. Yeah, um, which one of our listeners uh, said the best thing about that movie was the fact that Jessica Biel was in it, which is saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but he made a really good point. They showed a picture of the mask in that movie, and he said it looks like something an art director made for a yeah. movie. He's like, my whole goal with this movie was to just be real about make it. Make it look like somebody who didn't know how to make right, stuff. Right, that you're it. talking like, and, and, and he's like, I did have to come up with a good skin yeah. sort of fabric, but the idea was like, really try to get, <laughs> as creepy as it is, get yourself in the head of this and what the resources they have yeah. and stick to that. And It's terrifying. And even all those bones that are yeah. laid out those are real bones like he had to he, mm-hmm. he dug them up for from like veterinarian clinics and things that were Jeez, like and, seriously <laughs> yeah, that armadillo at the beginning is a real armadillo that wow. he taxidermied <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> this well, guy was dedicated but I'm, he's so good at his craft if that's what you're trying to get out of mm-hmm. people is a real authentic just macabre scare yeah. i mean he did it. He did it yeah, great. He absolutely yeah. did. And again, with that mask, like everything else in that movie, it's not one of those things that you see it in full light. It's not scary anymore. Like the first, one of the first scenes with Leatherface, it's a close up yeah. in broad daylight. And it's so scary. I mean, that's like Nightmare on Elm Street. They'll show Freddy Krueger like right. anytime now. I like, think that's the it's whole almost thing like a joke that... if he's like in, in daylight. Like yeah. it's not a big deal. This movie, the more you see of it, the the scarier it is. Absolutely. I think that's why this stands apart to me as a cut above all those slasher yeah. movies that mm-hmm. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't dislike Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. They were fine. I had a good time watching them, but this is really something else because those other movies, you see the, once you see the villain behind it or the killer, mm-hmm. it's kind of up at yep. that point. Yeah, this movie cuts way deeper. Not only, as you said, the more you see of that mask, but then Toby Hooper is, he does actually pull some of those more traditional kind of scares. Like when that mask jumps out in the forest and to kill yeah. Paul, <laughs> I still have that image in my head. And it is just, that's that's that was like where I jumped. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh my gosh, it still gets, it, you know, it yeah. really got to me. Interesting fact about that scene is 
you know, it's pretty low budget. So what they actually did was they, everyone, the crew and everyone had blood capsules in their mouths. And as he was cutting, because yeah. you, again, you don't see. You mean Franklin in the wheelchair? Yes. You I meant Franklin. I said Paul. I meant Franklin. Okay. Anyways, um, but you don't see him actually getting cut. No, not at you all. You see it from the back. Um, but basically everyone was just spitting blood capsules. <laughs> and so what you, the blood you see flying is actually coming from just the crew's mouth. Wow. As they're spitting blood. Sally, I hear something. Stop. Stop. <laughs> And then on the flip side of that, when Sally is being chased and when they cut her finger, remember? It, before the dinner scene, and then they put it in, oh, the, in the guy's mouth. mouth. Oh. Uh, she was just like straight up, like she was totally cut up from running through the woods. So most of the blood on her after that is hers. And they couldn't get the fake blood with work, to work with the knife, so they just cut her. Yeah, I heard some story that the production of this movie was hardcore. Yeah, I mean, like people were like, "Well, it it had to be yeah. that that dinner scene is so physically intense." Yes, and that's where it got to be too much for me, where it was you know just like constant her screaming yes just that's all like i don't know what the script must have looked like for those that like 20 minute period because there's no voice other than her screaming nobody talks and that gets to be too much for me where it's just that relentless screaming terrorizing and then the torture of her um again it's not graphic technically no if anything but it is so that's when he goes to close up and he like does all those close-ups of her face her to, eye to where it goes right to the white of her eye yeah. and you're seeing the capillaries yes and them like laughing and then it's just it was so it's disturbing it is it's it's unbelievably disturbing and i that's where it was it moved from fun to me and I, I don't know if I can fault the movie because whatever it's the genre yeah and I and it's certainly 70s horror the female victim was insane I haven't seen movies like Last House on the Left or um, I Spit on Your Grave this one I think is even more restrained in that because like I Spit on Your Grave this woman gets like gang raped sure. and then gets her revenge whereas this she's not victimized in any way that's special right yeah, like, if anything, I was actually waiting in the movie. This sounds terrible, but I was kind no, of I waiting it. for a sexual molestation or a rape or something like this. Yeah. It's not in there at all. But the movie almost uh, nods at that, that that like idea that there's this sexual victim, this sexual violence to all this. Because there's that part where she says, and it's so heartbreaking and disturbing, where she changes, she says, I will do anything. And they don't. That's not what they're there for. Right. They don't they care. Don't that. Yeah. Like the movie almost is pointing to these other movies and being like, your guys were so basic that they would, that the thought of sex would stop them. Right. Or these guys are so depraved. They're not even, go their, their minds are so gone. Right. That they are doing, they want nothing but to kill her. Yeah. The other thing it's kind of a nod to is that Leatherface, I think it's actually a nod to like the monster in Frankenstein that mm -hmm. like he might be a bit of a, a half wit, I guess. And actually, if you look at the way he kind of, in some of the scenes, not really when he's chasing, but in some of the scenes, like he's kind of lumbering about. And, and then there's also, there's a part where 
Um, he actually, after he kills the girl, the mm-hmm. meat hook, um, <sighs> yeah, there's that. But that was... that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is after that happens, he's like looking out the window as if like, where are these people coming from? Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a sense of like, mm-hmm. there's almost a nod of like, okay, in that Frankenstein movie where that monster you know, that whole movie was, you were supposed to kind of sympathize yeah. with that monster. And this is kind of saying, they came into his home. Here's a monster that you're supposed to sympathize in the same way. He wouldn't have, yeah. As Frankenstein. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Try to sympathize with this character because this is how grotesque he, murder gets. No, I know what you're saying. It's uh, it, There's it a little subverts, bit of a parallel there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's subversive in that. Yeah, exactly. Can we talk a, a little bit about some the idea of just horror movies in general? Yes, I was actually going to ask you because you were talking about. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm no, sorry, but no, no, no. but you but you were talking about that the dinner scene was where you had kind of had to stop and you couldn't take that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that there are tons of movies that well, it's that, almost it's sadistic the, sadis- the sadistic stuff yeah. and just revel in that. Uh, what do you th- what do you think the appeal hmm. is in that? I think I threw that out on on our facebook post you did well one of our listeners thomas he mentioned that he and his wife usually don't watch scary movies because they just revel in evil things and um he said that when evil is denigrated enough in the film whether implicitly or explicitly and there's a shining example of goodness then they will sometimes give it a pass like if there's some you know good over evil element to it they they'll they'll maybe watch a horror movie for that okay um he he felt like there's he said there's there's just too little time on this planet to spend your life watching people hacked up and screaming in pain. It's almost an insult to the people who are being hacked up and screaming in pain, which is a completely valid point. Um, and so then you asked, why do people enjoy it? And he said there's a there's a bunch of reasons. Some people just want to hack up people, and they know they can't. He said he said I, some people. Um, and certainly some movies like Evil Dead play well on the absurdity of it all. Some people kind of just like the more blood, the more it's like, oh, but that's just so crazy. And he said, and this might be almost a scarier reason for people to watch, is that they have no context for real graphic suffering in order to be properly disgusted by what's happening on screen. I mean, I don't know. That might be too too much for you. You're making a face like he's he's being a little too lofty. Um. I have a feeling that there are people who have gone through terrible, gruesome things and might actually still yeah. like watching a horror film. I, I, I actually think he's making a lot of really good points with yeah. that. But I think there's I, th- I think there's more to it no, I do. than than just that. Like, I do too. And know. he's he went on to say that people you know, will say adrenaline and catharsis and that sort of thing. Um but I think that it it's an interesting point that some people are so far removed from violence and genuine terror or fear at all that they watch these and they have no emotional attachment to somebody dying or something. It's just totally like the thrill of it or the coolness of the kill. Yeah. Like there's no emotional stake or there's no compassion or empathy with a human life being taken. Mm -hmm. And granted, if you can't not empathize with a person dying on screen, then horror is never going to be your thing. Um, but but in that genre, oh, don't you? The movie doesn't linger enough for you to do that. No, this one. None of them. Yeah. I mean, none of these movies really linger enough for. There's no grieving period in these movies. You know. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that the movie doesn't really open that up for you. And what I guess what I'm getting at is there is a little bit of empathy, empathy there because it's the actual 
process of you identifying with the horror as the person's going through it. Like it's a terrifying thing. Well, that's true. You know? And that's where I guess the good horror movies and maybe this one, the ones that rely on jump scares and then just cool, yeah, ultra violent yeah. killing. That's where it gets dangerous and gray area to me because um, you're not scared because that person is going to die. You're not scared because of the loss of life is, you know, a threat. You're scared because, okay, what's going to happen? Right. What's going to, and, and then it's the jumps. So when a movie can ratchet the tension forever and hold it, and you're still scared the whole time, and then there's little explosions of more terror, that's a, a better horror movie and maybe one that I can understand a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is where I come down on it. I've been wrestling with this because I, there's no denying it. I enjoy horror films. So I guess it's not a matter of like trying to figure out if I'm a terrible person for, for liking yeah, them I or know. not. But it's more. I don't think you. I don't, I don't think, think people, he's saying that either. No. I, but I. But I guess I, I am trying to nail down what it what it is we get out of them. Um. And and there's a therapist Jeffrey Kotler who wrote a book called The Lust for Blood, and it's all about why we as human beings love watching horror movies, why we love like watching serial killers in the news that we're infatuated. Mm. Like people like Jeffrey Dahmer and um, John Wayne Gacy, they get like the most fan mail. They get more fan mail than like celebrities do often. Mm. Um, and the whole book is about trying to explain why yeah. that is. And I don't know. I, I think um, he makes a lot of different cases, but one of which is that we used to, as human beings, we used to be, in situations where we had to be predators oh, and we so had to be prey yeah. and, and that that is still on a biological level in us, hmm. that there is this piece of us, this part of who we were as human beings, that we were killers and we also had to worry about being killed on a regular basis. Yeah. And I mean, this is like, you go back to the times of like the gladiators yeah. and that this blood sport thing has always been a part of being a human being. Mm -hmm. What do we do with that? I don't know. But what he's kind of saying is that the movies at least allow for us to kind of satisfy that a little bit, satisfy it a little bit like and, and just kind methadone. of that thrill seeking element mm -hmm. that just needs to be satiated once in a while. Yeah. Um, and take a movie like a slasher movie. You actually get to put yourself in the place um, in a healthy way, relatively speaking. <laughs> you get to actually feel what it's like to be a victim. We identify with the victim, but we're intrigued and curious about the process of the killer well, it, and the thought of the killer. And you that's, know? that's one thing that this movie, there is nothing interesting about the killers. Like there is nothing that, that you want to look at more. I, I don't think, like for me, I don't want to know more about their mindset because sure. there is no mindset there. Like it's basic and it's murderous mm -hmm. and it like, it invites you to look closely a little bit more closely by giving you time with the hitchhiker by pretty quickly giving you a full view of Leatherface's mask yeah of um you don't know it but of seeing what happens with their victims early in the movie sure and and then just as like it's scary like this is not interesting there's right. no backstory that we need to know there's no mother right. threw him in the lake there's no like this is just pure evil. Yeah. Like, you want to look, go ahead. It's going to kill you. There's nothing that you can make it side with you. You can't do anything. No, and I don't think that, in, well, especially in this movie, but in most slasher films, I don't think they're trying to get you necessarily to identify with the killer. 
or yeah, but I I feel like people do. Yeah, the sequels. Yeah, well, even even the follow-ups to Texas Chainsaw Massacre have that element where they do go into the backstory. I haven't seen any of them, but I did watch in that documentary that was on the DVD. Yeah. It talked a little bit about the follow-ups and the sequels, and it goes into the, sort of the backstory of this family. And that's why I don't think I'll ever I'll never no, watch any of those movies. I don't. It doesn't doesn't interest me really. Mm. Um, yeah, I I don't know. There's this phenomenon that I've noticed in comedies, like comedies that that rely on cringeworthy moments you know Mm -hmm. which i think there's an element there's a a similar element to like those like moments in the british office or like oh that yeah you're just like the tension stop it stop it but you want it to keep going because it's going to be funny i think there's something similar to that in the horror genre that's a good point but the reason that i think the british office stayed brilliant and the american office tapered off parks and rec tapered off other shows have done this too, is that they they started liking their characters yes, too much. Yeah. So David Brent never got likable. He was always mm-hmm. uh, acidic and selfish to the core. Michael Scott in the American Office became really likable. Yes. By the end, he was very affable, and you just kind of wanted the best he was, for him. He was misguided, yeah. like he was socially awkward, but he was never going to make the selfish choice. He was always going to do something for other people. Parks and Rec, same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when the shows lost their bite and became less interesting. In horror movies, you see in the sequels, like the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, the Freddy Krueger's um, one-liners become more important, and he just becomes a joke. Right. And uh, you've got Silence of the Lambs is terrifying, and then Hannibal and Red Dragon, and then they ended up doing a backstory like a prequel book. Hannibal Rising? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. And there was even a line in Silence of the Lambs that's like, this guy has no backstory. Like, basically, it was like, there's no getting to know this guy. It was sort of what Texas Chainsaw Massacre was saying in the first one. Like, there's nothing right. to this. Why evil. bother? Don't even try. But they yeah. started liking Hannibal Lecter too much. And yeah. the movies got dumb and, like, boring. And yeah. um, I think once you start doing that with horror movie villains and you start that sort of... um mindset that like you can boil this murderous person down to some jokes or some backstory or whatever then it it becomes the 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 killing loses its realism and its urgency and any sort of emotional stake yeah which is where i think horror movies get dangerous when it starts to completely desensitize and devalue and gets you thinking how funny or how cool or however whatever it is other than how horrifying the murder is yeah um I don't think Texas Chainsaw crossed that that line. <laughs> I think I think you are constantly horrified by these people. Right. Um, I do think it maybe crossed the line as far as what's it crossed the line for me. What I can take. Well, that's the thing is I think that that's an interesting point you bring up because that's another thing that this Kotler guy who wrote this book brought up is about this sort of continuum, the perfect balance between boredom and anxiety. Mm. And he's talking about horror films in, in general. He's saying that for some people horror films they just don't see the appeal in them mm-hmm. and they don't really even affect them so they're just bored by them so they yeah. don't get them yeah then the, on the other end of the spectrum you have someone like maybe your wife i know my wife is like this she used to love horror films she really can't watch them anymore mm-hmm. and it's this anxiety where it's just like they know what they can handle and they can't handle this and it's it's gonna affect them too much yeah so they're not gonna put themselves through oh that. yeah i definitely know people who but then there's somewhere in the middle where everyone else kind of falls 
And those, and especially if you fall kind of right in the perfect spot in the middle where you become sort of a horror enthusiast, it's just the people who enjoy that thrill seeking element of it. Mm -hmm. And there's still that piece of control to it. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think horror in some ways utilizes more than any other genre in movies is they're made in such a way where like, if things get too intense, it's actually sort of a function that we have where you can kind of not tune out but you can like i know that i've done it like and i do it even in dramas like if i don't want to get if i don't want to get too teary-eyed you know <laughs> it's a, it's that sense of if you're really into a movie you are losing control mm. and so like if you feel like you're losing control and you don't like that you start to kind of not even tune out but you maybe pay attention to something else you pay attention to like oh look at the cinematography here or sure. like look at the lighting or, or like, like how ridiculous it is or, or like yeah. start rolling your eyes at something yeah, yeah yeah but these movies are made so that if you're willing to just completely lose yourself to it and i guess on that friday night with texas chainsaw i was but if things got too bad there's always that thing and i think directors know that it's there where you can flip that switch if you want to not necessarily walk out of the theater but you can kind of look to the side or you can kind of like look down for a while or with if you're with a date you can kind of like I definitely think, check twitter while you, i was you can kind of think today. like you know how's my date feeling about this movie like you can kind of purposefully move in and out of the movie and that's that sense of control Control, that i think is very important to horror movies that you know maybe sometimes gets overlooked um as far as when we're talking about what we can take and what we can't well this is a question i had while i was watching the movie because while and i was surprised at this there was no moment of like 70s schlocker schlock or um so bad it's goodness which i'm not a fan of we know that (laughs) there was no moment where i was like oh my gosh because I'm pretty sure if there was, I would have lost, uh, the movie would have lost me. But it did maintain the, don't go in there, don't go in there. But at the same time, the guy didn't have a reason not to, really. Sure. Yeah. Like, there was no indication that anything was amiss. So like, And of, the way that it really flipped it on its head is when Sally goes into the gas station. You're mm-hmm. saying, go in yeah, there, finally, get in get there. In there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because it's, I think it's got more of a function than just a plot device i know some people just use it as a plot device but i also think there's something to the idea of the the don't go in there um like what are you doing don't split mm. up like that not only adds to the sp- suspense and the fear the the plot line like we need to find a way to get this person alone in the house but i wonder if there's something about that that tempers the experience so that you can feel the fear but you can also feel safe in the knowledge that you wouldn't have that done you wouldn't that. have done that yeah like that that that's part of the control maybe or part of the like the, the the governor on the fear that like yes yeah you i would never have gone in that house right okay i would not no. have split up to find the cat or whatever in alien like yeah. i wouldn't have done that i would be safe in that situation it would be one of the most sadistic movies i think if it was just people I mean, it would basically be like a massacre movie. Like it would be like a high school shooting. Like, um, yeah. And I don't know if I want to necessarily. I mean, you know that some horror movies actually do have something to say as far as like <laughs> you know yeah. the culture or what's happening at the time around it. And, and I don't know if I necessarily need to feel like I need to pull a meaning out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I, I don't, don't know if they're going to have. But like the way that movie ends, it's just absolute. It's it's, pre- it's just chaos. I mean, chaos and like a bit of a lot of just luck. 
yeah <laughs> chaos luck and by the end she's just hysterical yeah. and like just just, out of it's mind. absolute lunacy at mm-hmm. the end i mean mm-hmm. you've got this t- this chainsaw wielding madman this girl who's like pretty much given up yeah. like she doesn't she's know she's running but she, she knows it's only a matter of time yeah and she gets into that truck and it's like a mixture of laughter and and just, screaming yeah and that's just like nothing pretty, i've ever really it's, seen it's, it's insane it is it's it, again it's just absolute lunacy But then there's just something kind of like balletic about his yes. chainsaw dance that at is, the end. It's yes. a beautiful scene. I don't know it how is. to explain it. It's beautifully that. lit. It's yeah. beautifully shot. It's, yeah. I don't know what to make of that at all. I, I, don't, I don't know. And, I don't I, and if anything, I just wonder if it's kind of this, it's kind of a, a nihilistic sort of yeah. like, you know, there is really nothing to get out of this. I love this. There's actually a line where Sally says, um, everything has to have a purpose, I guess. Like there, it's like that. She adds that, I guess yeah. <laughs> maybe that's supposed to be the thesis of the movie. It's yeah, like, has to have a purpose, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like trying to put this movie in context, um, just read up on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was saying that like this movie can't, comes pretty much right after, um, you know, the summer of love is over, mm-hmm. which ended with Charles Manson. Yep. And you've got like Night of the Living Dead came out and Easy Rider came out. And so you kind of have this movie being part of that new sort of cinema where it's kind of like, you know, we can make movies wherever we want. Right. We can do them on however location we want, yeah. however we want. And we can do whatever. We can make them about whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the horror genre, um, Night of the Living Dead was the first one to show that the horror was not from the outside. Mm. Mm-hmm. that like earlier movies like invasion of the body snatchers or even something like frankenstein where it's a creation of somebody like these monsters were created somehow yeah and that really night of living dead it was kind of in between as a zombie movie but then texas chainsaw massacre was the one that was saying like the real terror is in humanity like yeah. we are capable of this hmm. like humanity is capable of being just horrific there's just terrible people there's just terrible people and the worst horrors, we can't always expect that they're going to come from the outside, that they're going to come from the Soviets. The real horror mm-hmm. can come from next door or yeah. can just come from these rural backwoods in our country. Well, and that's know? almost what the end of Easy Rider is, too. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can be idealistic, but some dude from your country like just going to shoot you yeah. like, right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, I, I don't know how much this movie had to say, but... It, I think you could definitely see it as being a product of its time. Yeah. Would I you? would have loved to have seen it originally, like in a drive-in theater in oh, the seventies when it came out, nothing like it coming before. Like I would have loved that. I, I really would have. I don't think I could have done it. And I was actually getting to the point where, cause I had just watched the original, the omen earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And I was getting to the point where I was thinking to myself, okay, you know what? If it's an older horror movie, I guess I just have to assume it's just not going to scare me. And just mm-hmm. assume. That's what I was. And I was just banking ass- on that, but I knew it would. And then I was kind of like, okay, this proved me totally wrong. That like, there are still movies that are what, 40 years old, mm-hmm. scare me just as much as the best horror movie today could. Well, you know? because I knew it would. I knew it was going to scare me because when I was looking for images to put up with our our weigh-in section, 
I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is like, there were like all these pictures of Leatherface, and I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna be too much. Yeah. Okay. So just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, it looks like, well, this was, I guess you can maybe call Gremlins a horror movie if you want to stretch it, but really, mm. this seems like it was kind of our first horror yeah. movie, and it was fun to watch it what for a, this time of year. And what a horror movie. <laughs> Good one to go on. Yeah, go yeah. big or go home, I guess, yeah. is the way we do things around here. So yeah. I think I think we both kind of see mostly eye to eye on this, oh, yeah. where it's like we really appreciate this movie, yes. uh, whether we necessarily would love it and yeah. give it to all of our friends Recommend for Christmas. Or, yeah. oh, I mean, I would, stocking stuffers, sure. but you know. Anyways, um, we, if you guys have anything to say about Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre, please, please, please just let us know. You know, you know all the ways to do it. Email us, uh, hit us up on Facebook mm-hmm. or Twitter, give us a phone call. Canwestillbefriends.net's the website, and you can get all the information about how to contact us on there. Yeah, or what you think about horror movies in general, what, you, what place they hold in our collective yeah. psyches. Or... That is one thing I've been noticing on our website that I've been loving is we take, say, our last episode, Braveheart, mm-hmm. and it, the conversation doesn't just stop at Braveheart we've actually been talking a lot about the genre and yeah. the idea of it yeah. and uh, so if we could do that with horror with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just really yeah. explore these ideas more I think that would be a lot of fun to do I on agree. our website yeah. so please do and in keeping with that we're, we're choosing our next movie mainly based on the, the discussion of genre that we can have because we discovered with Braveheart well we re-established <laughs> We drilled we, into the yeah, ground. We, <laughs> we, we firmly planted the idea that I am not a fan of the historical epic genre. Sure. And there are exceptions. That doesn't mean I don't like... I, I only like movies set present or future. <laughs> um, but in that discussion, we kind of talked with Nate. Nate doesn't automatically take a shine to superhero movies. And so we are going to explore that. Plus, the new Avengers Age of Ultron trailer just came out, and I'm excited about it. It looks awesome. I, I really loved the Avengers. Nate, it was actually a superhero movie that you didn't hate. It was fine. So, But it is true. I just don't tend to get super pumped up, excited about superhero movies in general at all. So, In fact, I don't think I've even watched the trailer yet. I should probably I go do that before the yeah, episode. You might as well. <laughs> um, so... We're going to explore the idea of what the, why the superhero movie works for me, doesn't work for Nate, and why the event, why Avengers was a movie that Nate didn't hate, yeah. even though it was in the superhero genre. What was different about that one? Um, why it so, stood out, yeah. So we want to hear what you guys think about the Avengers specifically. We want to hear your high-pitched squealing and excitement for the Age of Ultron trailer, and we want to hear what you think about superhero movies. Um, Should be a fun one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I am so, too. Yeah. Well, watch little, the Avengers with us. A little um, summer blockbuster yeah. to break up the fall sadness <laughs> get you out of your scared stupor after watching yeah, texas yeah, chainsaw yeah. put Massacre. a smile back on that face <laughs> all right well as always uh thank you so much for listening to this yeah. podcast and for subscribing and if there's mm-hmm. anybody new coming to this podcast thanks for checking it out yeah, welcome and uh nice welcome to meet you yes and so we'll uh we'll catch you next time in the next episode yeah thanks everybody thanks mm-hmm.